0: outdooredge.com What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hunting Gear podcast. It is Friday. I know it's I know when you're listening to this it's going to be a Friday. I don't even know the date. Let me check real quick. It's going to be the 24th, Friday, March 24th. Every single person except my wife has had the flu this week, and uh, we've all been barfing and uh, pooping and doing <laughs> just like rough. It's been rough the past the past week, and everybody's been sick, and we're we're coming out of it now, and so that's a good thing, right? Uh, and finally, I uh, today. Well, today is actually the twenty third. You're listening to this on the twenty fourth, and so. I had a guy bail on me today because I had to bail on him yesterday because I had the flu and so I, I reached out to my uh, my new buddy, Brian Krebs. Now, Brian is the host of the Western Rookies podcast. He's also the host of the Two Bucks podcast. And uh, I got him on today, and we're gonna talk about hunting gear and equipment. It's a BS session. And really what we're talking about is budgeting and spending and buy once, cry once mentality. And once you've made your purchases and have you, have your gear kind of organized and set up for your hunting style, then it becomes very uh, inexpensive to hunt in a given year and so that's what today's conversation is about it's a it's a good one and so I'm going to keep this uh, my voice is still not right and so before it burns out I'm going to go ahead and do the commercials and then just get right into today's episode I, I know you guys are going to enjoy it uh, let's see here where are we at where are we at okay if you are looking for a saddle go check out tethered man i can't wait to uh, i'm taking a couple more white white tail trips this year so it's going to be less spot and stock and more uh, death from above and so i'm going to be relying on my saddle in order to get me to where i need to go and in, in a very low profile type of way and so if you're looking for a saddle saddle hunting accessories if you're looking for um climbing sticks uh, or uh, saddles themselves or platforms then go check out tethered along with that they have a huge library of content dedicated to making you a better saddle hunter so go check out tethered nation and uh just read up on everything that they have it's gonna it's uh it's just a good resource so next on the list is hunt stand if you are looking to become a better hunter uh, and what I mean by that is just keeping your head in the game all year round. And if you want to document and journal absolutely everything that you see in in the, in the woods or out in the field or on the mountain, uh, you can definitely do that by leaving pins, right? Dropping waypoints or whatever it is that they call those little pins that they drop. You leave those, and then what that does is it tells you a story, and then you reference that story every time you're, you know, you're waiting for the bus to arrive, or you're on the toilet, or you're in the parking lot waiting for your cool school uh, kids to get out of school, right? You pull up hunt stand, you reference that, and the next thing you know, you have this awesome journal, this these journal entries that you can reference. So if you're looking for Uh, like a a very high quality hunting app go check out huntstand.com and while you're there read up on the pro whitetail platform as well Uh, tons of new functionality that they've released earlier this year and uh, if you're a serious whitetail guy it's a no-brainer next on the list we have tacticam and now tacticam is one of those uh, companies that uh, if you are interested in documenting your hunts whether you have a YouTube channel or not, or whether you want to share them on social or not, uh, very high quality quality imagery. The new 6.0 version has an LCD screen. It has a, uh, image stabilization. It has the ability to record in 4k and it can be mounted to your gun or your bow. So you can show your kids or your family members what you saw that night. And it also helps with shot placement, right? You put a shot on a deer. You don't know if it was uh, a great shot or not. Uh, you review the footage, the footage shows, hey, I need to wait or I can go after this deer. So there's tons of benefits from having a cam on your weapon. So go check out uh, Tacticam's website and that's it, man. Uh, those are the three here for the Hunting Gear Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy today, today's episode. It's a really fun BS session with Brian Krebs. Enjoy. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Brian Krebs. Brian, man, what's up? Not much, man, just looking
1: forward to some warmer weather,
0: oh dude, you and me both i uh like I love how spring in the midwest is is like a tease, right? They're just like, okay, here's a couple of days of fifty. the sun's gonna feel warm on the back of your neck, and then we're gonna follow that up with one whole week of clouds and thirty degree weather with ice and snow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's wild. I was I was driving back from the chiropractor this morning, and there's a turkey, like, full strut out um, in the middle of a parking lot, and I'm just thinking, like, man, it's got to be here. If the turkeys are right. out full strut. <laughs> spring has got to be soon. Right, right. And
0: uh, <laughs> as as you can tell by that cough there, um, I'm just getting over the flu. So I had to bail on a guy yesterday. He had to bail on me today. And so I, I texted you, and I was like, hey, dude, you got – uh, you available right now, and so last minute we're making this we're making this work. And uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this, man.
1: Hey, it's never a bad day to talk about gear. I mean, yeah, all of us hunters are probably like we probably talk about it too much, and our wives are like, "Can you just like go find <laughs> someone else to talk <laughs> about this with?"
0: Yeah, I uh, uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like uh, let me ask you this: Do you consider yourself a gear nut?
1: I don't know if I'm a gear nut in the sense that I need to go try everything on the market. I don't have that bug. But what I do have is the gear that I choose is going to be the best I can find for what I need. And once I find it, I, I quit trying other things until yeah. there's an issue. So I don't know where that lands me in the gear nut category. Yeah. But I don't I do like the buy once cry once mentality.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what would you what what would you give that title that person? because that's I don't I wouldn't consider what you're doing being a gear nut either i I look at a gear nut as someone who buys something different every year tinkers with it decides whether or not they like it but regardless of the outcome they're still buying new gear every year
1: yeah I agree that's that's what I think of when I say like a true gear nut yeah. I keep an eye on the market and what's coming out but I would maybe call it like I'm very tied to my gear. I'm very connected to my gear. And, you know, it means a lot to me. And it means a lot to have good times outdoors. And and gear is a big part of that for me. So that's why I, you know, maybe gear dependent.
0: Yeah. Gear dependent. Well, you're also efficient with it. So, like, I think that's how I'm, I, I personally make most of my decisions based off of, is it the right thing for me? Can I beat the crap out of it? I mean... And it's all situational. So I have different gear, like when I go out west and I'm I'm spotting stalking mule deer, or, or out in the mountains versus the you know the tree stand. And so I have a different pack for each one of those scenarios because they require me to carry more or less gear depending on what scenario I'm in. And so, um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I'm to the point just like you, where I think I used to be a tinkerer back in the day maybe two or three years ago but not so much anymore i i I feel like i have found the equipment in the gear that not only am i comfortable with but are perfect for me in
1: the environments that i hunt yeah yeah that's a big thing to me with gear is is I don't need to have a lot. I don't need to have new stuff all the time. What I need to have is stuff that I know is going to work, and I'm not going to be out on my nine-day elk hunt wondering, man, should I have switched my pack? This one just doesn't feel right. I'm running into issues. Um, and so that's where I really just want to know what I have is going to help me be successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. One second, got to go shut off a space heater. <laughs> no, I, don't, worries. I don't know why. I decided that. I love when things like that happen. I have this I have this dumbass space heater in my office and it it breaks like 2 months ago and all of a sudden just right now it decides to kick back on. It, <laughs> it <laughs> blows, blows my mind. Blows my mind. Perfect timing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um so let's talk about budgeting because I think this is where a lot of people I don't know, like, I I consider myself serious. I don't have any other hobbies, um, but I still have to buy, you know, I'm lucky I'm in the industry um, in some way, shape or form, so I can get discounts if I I know a lot of people, if I really wanted to, I could reach out and get discounts. I could, uh, you know, I strike up some sponsorship deals, which usually results in free product here and there. Um, But there are, there is still a lot of stuff that I have to budget for every year. And so, let me ask you this: just very, uh, very vague, high-level question. How do you usually budget for any new, you know, purchases, hunting gear, and equipment? And and is does that also fall into your tags and license budget?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great question because it's important, and you'd never want to come to October and you're like, oh shit. Like, I don't have money for (laughs) kegs. And so I wasn't I was not great at it for, you know, my early single years out of college. I was making money. I didn't have a girlfriend or a wife. And so I was just like my finances were like, hey, I got money. I'll spend money. Oh, things are tight. I quit. You know, I was just kind of like go with the flow. Yeah. And my fiance at the time. Well now my wife, she she did not operate that way. She was very structured and that gave her like a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And so I started I started getting better. She really helped me get better. And so now I just have a sinking fund. Every yeah. paycheck, 185 bucks, goes in the hunting fund. Yeah. So you do that, that's about $370 a month. You're just shy of about you're getting about 4500 dollars a year, right? Into the sinking fund. Yeah. And that's intended to cover points, pegs, um, and then gear right yeah. and some trips and so what really throws a wrench and stuff is taxidermy right when mm-hmm. you happen to shoot a big bull that you want to shoulder mount now you gotta that's a that like <laughs> that starts like a different process but that's how i do it i set aside money if something big comes up then we just do like a different type of sinking fund like like this summer I wanna get a redneck blind or a banks outdoors blind for our farm. Yeah. We got a new piece and so that's something where it's like twenty five hundred bucks, me and my dad are gonna split it, but you just gotta start putting a hundred dollars a hundred dollars a month away towards it. Yeah. And you gotta plan these things out. And you're gonna be a lot less stressed. Your partner in life is going to be a lot less stressed when you have a plan like this. So it's gone way better.
0: Yeah. Man, that's the that's here I'll, I'll just, I'm going to be full disclosure, brutally blunt. My wife has a problem with me and the, I, I don't, I, and I, and I don't think it's the amount of money that I spend. I think it's the amount of time that I allocate to hunting. And so, and and it really does. It doesn't compare to the time that I spend with the family because obviously I'm with the family all year round, and so I I do this. Let's just say max five weeks out of an entire year I dedicate to hunting, whether that's shed hunting, whether that's turkey hunting, whether that's uh, you know a week in South Dakota, a week in Nebraska, a week in Iowa. Really, it's probably less than that. But but like when I go to when I go and I buy, let's say, like I bought, I bought a Quiet Cat this uh, this past year. Uh, I think I got it in September is when it finally arrived, and so I did a hunt without it, and then I did a hunt with it, and that that cost me three thousand dollars. Okay, and, and I'll tell you this: that's with a fifty percent discount. Because I knew a guy who worked at Quiet Cat. So I I got a huge discount. And so I got a really good bike for half the half the price. And like she she did I don't she she thought it was cool, but I don't think she liked it because I spent three thousand dollars on that instead of the family. And, and so when we go on, let's say like we go to the Wisconsin Dells sometimes, or we go on a family trip, that's like one third of, of that, of that cost. So like the family trips and, and the vacations and things like that, those, those really add up fast as opposed to my one big purchase a year. And if I don't make a purchase going to, I don't know, going, and I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just, I'm shooting right from the hip here. Like going, when I go to, uh, on a trip out west, right? I already have everything I need for the most part. You know, this year was an exception with that, with that quiet cat. But man, I sleep in the back of my truck. I eat food out of a cooler. I, I really don't eat, you know, I don't go out to eat. Um, all, all, everything I bring is with me. And so it's, it's way cheaper than going on, on these vacations yet. I think, I think more of it has to do with time uh, than it does with, oh, you're going on three trips. Well, my three trips equal one of our family trips or one of, and I, I I almost, I said this to her the other day, Hey, listen, if you want, you guys are more than welcome to come with me, but you're going to sleep in the back of a truck or you're going to sleep in a tent. You know, yeah. we can go do as many of those trips uh, and vacations as you want because they're really affordable. Actually, we can do more of them throughout a year because they're affordable. But no one wants to sacrifice a hotel room and a shower and going out to eat and things like that. So, we're that. That's not necessarily about gear. That's just uh, getting that off my chest right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's when you talk about budget, the time budget is. You know, the the money budget might be the talking point, but I I feel like a lot of people, the real root of the conflict is the time. Right. It's the time away from home. And so you got to, you just got to be very open. You know, me and my wife, we found out that back to back Western hunts don't work for us. When I'm gone for nine days, I'm home for three, and then I'm gone for seven more. Like, so we just, I just plan my hunts accordingly now and, and try to, you know, move things around. So I'm at home long enough to get, you know, re-entried into my house and, and to our relationship and I'm home long enough that we can talk and we can relax. It's not like, Hey, we got to hit these five things right now because I'm leaving in two days. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the, that's the toughest thing. I like, I can go out and, and I, I get the benefit and I know a lot of people who are listening to this right now, they don't get the benefit of this. I can say, dude, I'm doing this for my job. Right. As opposed to, You know, Joe Blow, who's working the factory job, and he tries to drop three grand. It doesn't matter how much money he's making. Uh, If he decides to drop three grand on a quiet cat or a big expenditure like that, he can't use that excuse. And his wife, his wife, like that's a tax write-off for me, which kind of brings me to my next point. I know guys, and I don't know, I'm sure you know guys too, who they start an LLC just to write off their their hunting expenses
1: well i i don't have an llc but i do have a sole proprietorship yeah that's what i have too
0: and you can you can do the same thing
1: yeah the llc is just a it's a um it's a protection um vehicle for whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. you could still be taxed as a sole proprietor and just have it in an llc for protection yeah but yeah it's very i mean i tell people all the time like hey start a t-shirt business when in whatever demographic your passion is it yeah so if you're a hunter, start a funny t-shirt hunting, like a funny hunting t-shirt business. Yeah. And now every time you go out west and you bring your shirts and you bring your camera and you're taking content, you can start to play a lot of different tricks with, at legal tricks yeah. with the tax season. And you get an accountant that knows what he's doing and he's going to he's going to guide you and he says you know this is pushing it you know you can't sell two shirts a year and write off $20,000 <laughs> but if you really love it you're probably going to grow it it's probably going to turn into something but then like you know miles can be written off sometimes yeah. hotels can be written off cameras can be written off yep. there's all, you got to eventually make profit i mean that's where you if you're going to do that i really strongly encourage you to get an accountant and and over at the 2 buck podcast i had my accountant on and he can he's licensed for the whole country so if you're looking for someone you know, but do it do it smart. But yeah, there's a lot of benefit to being a W two employee with the side gig. Yeah,
0: that's a fact. So kind of kind of coming back to budget here. Um, what, like how do how do you determine? You know, you you've already talked about putting 185 bucks a month into an account, and what does that usually get you a year? I don't have a calculator in front of me. Oh, about. so
1: I did 185 a paycheck, so. 370 a month that comes into just uh just under 4500 a year it's probably like $4440. 40
0: 44 so 4500 dollars roughly a yeah. year um and does that does that cover everything because i i look at something like that and you're going on an elk hunt and and then another out-of-state hunt as well right at least two out-of-state hunts a year
1: Typically I'll do an elk hunt, maybe a four day deer hunt. I've always done like a five day fishing trip in Canada, maybe a couple weekend shed hunts and the gas on a, like a weekend hunt. That's kind of neither here nor there. That's just the monthly budget. Um, I would say it's a strong base. Yeah. You don't get, you don't get yourself into deep trouble when you start with a base like that. Now, some years it's a little light, you know, I went, I drew that North Dakota elk tag. I think we talked about it on previous podcasts, but yeah. I was scouting every week. I had a super duty. Yeah. I was doing like $600 a month in fuel. Yeah. Um, and then I had an elk, a nine day Montana hunt. I was home for two days and then I left for another elk hunt. So that, and then I had the taxidermy bill, right? Right. Um, so like, it sometimes it's not enough, but it's a good base. I would strongly encourage you to start with what you can, right, if that's 50 bucks a paycheck if that's skipping beers with your buddies at the bar, invite them over, buy a 24 pack and invite them to the garage. You'll have more fun, it'll be way cheaper. Throw that 50 bucks and at least you're starting somewhere and you'll start to know if it's got to go up or down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and that's kind of how I I I play it and what's awesome about about this this buy once cry once mentality uh that you that you talked about, I've already bought once. And so Most of my budget then for the year actually goes into transportation of getting me to and from hunts and the food and the tags. So really, so, so gas, food, and tags. And so now that I've, I have almost everything that I need, um, you know, I, I got this quiet cat, which really opened up things for me this year, my my only expenses are going to be food, gas and uh, tags. And so last year, man, I want to say I went on uh, and this does include hotels during the rut in Iowa where I got a hotel during the days that it rained. Um, And so all my Western trips, uh, I did one day of hotels uh, in a two week period, like a combined two week period. And so I did, I want to say I went on three Week long trips throughout the entire year this year, um, and it was under two, under three thousand dollars for all of that. And so, I look at something like that, I go three trips for three under three grand. That's 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 an that's amazing to me, as opposed mm-hmm. to having to go, you know, if I had to go buy a full Sitka sit up or setup, or if I had to go, um. Uh, what's the, what's another, like if I bought a brand new bow or a brand new yeah. rifle or something like that on top of that, then it starts to escalate a little bit more. But the, the best part about this is once you have everything you need, that's when you can start and you've refined your gear. Not only have I, have I bided once cried once, but I've also refined that gear to the point where now I have everything I need and my budget is just wide open on on tags and in travel
1: yeah i'm the same way i mean i bought a rifle two years ago and that was the last significant hunting gear purchase and up until then i was i was borrowing rifles because our yeah. family just had enough
0: yeah
1: um yeah like th- like i run P- kind trek boots i haven't bought new boots in five years i haven't yeah. had blisters in five years i have a yeah. mystery ranch pack i kept my old pack that time just because my wife would need one eventually but you know, you, these are investments in gear. It's lifetime stuff. You know, I'm running Sitka, and I do have to send in a jacket right now because it it's six years old, and it has one tiny rip this season shed hunting. Yeah, And so it's like, I'll send that in. It'll get fixed under warranty. But I haven't bought hunting clothes, and so I'm at that same point. I'm in a maintenance phase already with gear. Now, there's big stuff coming, right? We're going to buy a tractor, and eventually we're going to have a four-wheeler. That's completely different. Like, that's right. a whole different budget. Yeah. Um. But i I'm at the point now where I basically can round out what I need every year, the ebbs and flows with like birthday and Christmases. Yeah. Like my whole family hunts on both sides, right? And so I can put a, a Sitka hoodie on the list. I could put a trail cam on the list. A lot of the things that really adds up, you start talking about like trail camera hardware, these brackets and mounts, yeah. um, the the drippers, like all this stuff that's like only thirty bucks, all of a sudden you got like three hundred dollars a year in that yeah. stuff. And those are great Christmas gifts because it's 30 bucks a piece. Right. Um, so, yeah, I got I, uh, through the years, I found tips and tricks to really cut down on spending. And I don't know if you want to get into that here or not, but there's there's some ways where you can really save some significant dollars on hunting gear. Let's
0: uh, let's do that. But remind me, because I got something else that uh, the transition into yours is going to be easier than what I want to talk about. So let's sure. talk about it. How, how do you how do you save money?
1: Um, so right off the bat, one of the easiest ways to save money is you go on, I've went on Amazon and you can get an air mattress that's custom fit to your truck bed. So if you've got a crew cab, almost everyone's got crew cabs these days. Yeah. You can get this air mattress where there's a base section that fills up the footwell area of your back seat and that comes up and then it's flat. So it's basically like a twin size bed. It's going to be more comfortable than a cot. Mm-hmm. You have heat and air conditioning depending on what season it is with your pickup you just auto start it or start it run it for 15 minutes yep. um and so i do that anytime i'm hunting alone no matter the weather conditions i've done it down to 15 below i've done it up to 85 at night you just tailor your sleeping bag and your sleep system to the weather um, but i can do you can do it 15 below without running the heater if you have a good bag yep. maybe one blanket on top so you you got 70 bucks into that air mattress there's not a hotel anywhere anymore for seventy dollars, mm-hmm. and so you're saving. That's like instant return on its money. You, you save two nights and you've got the whole thing paid for. Yeah. Um. And so, like you, every time I'm alone, I'm I'm sleeping in my pickup.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. So that's a great one. Um. Just to save those hotel bills because those significantly add up. And then a little known secret is if you're a firearm safety instructor, you qualify for the IHEA International Hunter Education Association and they have a program called expert voice where there is a ton of discounts on there. There's, um, all of the GSM brands are a part of it. Oh, nice! Not all, not every product, but you, I mean, you, you're in the industry, you know, GSM has basically the one-stop shop for hunting aside from weapons. GSM's got it all yeah, trail cams, blinds, treat everything. Um, they're on there. they got some pretty good discounts. I mean like 30% off stealth cam, 40% off Hawk, um, they have vortex vortex is on the expert voice program 40 percent off on optics and so you gotta you gotta go through a little bit of work on this one it's free to become a firearm safety instructor in most states but you gotta you gotta actually go out and help kids and get back to your community but by doing so you can get some heck of a good deals on some of this stuff and then everyone i think now actually knows about camo fire but if you give it enough time on the camo fire app it's like a hunting surplus app. Every day there's new deals. Yeah. You give it like 12 months, you can usually find what you're looking for.
0: Right. Right. Hey, same thing with uh, there's there's other websites out there. Um god. huntinggeardeals.com. Huntinggeardeals, I believe it is. huntinggeardeals.com. And the sole the sole purpose of that website is to go out, scrub the internet, look for uh, discounts on hunting gear and equipment and mm-hmm. and and find them and bring them to you right so there's that and then um, also here's one thing that I've found and this was before really I was this deep into the industry and and I I hate saying that like I just hate saying that because it makes me sound like a (laughs) D-bag and so but call the company up ask them questions about the product and then ask them over the phone hey do you happen to have any any discounts you know available right now and I'm not going to guarantee this, but I have a feeling that if you said, Hey man, I'm, I'm looking for, do you have a, you have a small discount available? They, I bet you a lot of companies would go, you know what? I think we do have a, a discount available for you. And it may be 5%, it may be 10%, but that's still better than, you know, paying full retail price for it. And so, um, if you look hard enough, you can find discount codes for just about anything on the market or a time of year like Black Friday or, or pre or post season, they have, they have codes available for, for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I would just say, make a list, prioritize it and just check one off at a time. Don't, yeah. unless you're, unless you're in a different class, I would not suggest just go into the store and fill in a basket of right. everything right. at one time. Yeah. Um, just check it off. I mean, you probably have the bare essentials already if you're at all into the hunting um, lifestyle, so you got what you could go hunting with. So now if it's like, well, I could use a better pack. Mine doesn't really work to haul meat and I want to go elk hunting. So okay, that's maybe priority one. Get the pack this year. Next year maybe get a better pair of boots. The year after that, maybe yeah. you get two pairs of pants. Um take it slow, you know. Yeah. It's not worth being in a bad spot for 11 months to have fun one month.
0: Yeah. The only thing that I could really that could Probably throw a wrench into a budget like that would be maybe like a once in a lifetime hunt where all of a sudden your buddy calls you up and goes, "Hey, dude, I got a, I got access to a a a, a Yukon moose float trip hunt. It's going to be ten days. Uh, here's what we would need for it, and then then it would be like one of those." maybe i put that on a credit card type scenarios because it is such a a one-off once in a lifetime hunt and then you decide to maybe pay that off in the longer in the long term and then you know basically make your budget zero after that and only hunt local um so outside of that i think you're right i mean just slowly slowly add up or slowly gather everything everything you need um any other tips or tricks that you can that you can think about that would help somebody save money?
1: I would say I would say the you know what's going to save you the most money in the long long term is just taking care of the gear you have, right? Correct. That's not dropping binos, it's not I mean I've dropped a bino off the side of a cliff before. And i crawled down to get it and it was fine and it was a leopold so it's covered but invest in good gear and then take care of it right like make sure you're not having to replace your stuff every two three years you know pants a little different story like they eventually they just wear out yeah but like make sure your glass for sure you're not treating it bad your rifles you're cleaning them you're keeping them safe um and that's just going to save you the most money in the long term is buy once cry once and take care of it forever Um, there's a lot of things that will last forever now. And then just be, I don't know, maybe be centered more on, on the, why, why are we doing this? It's to enjoy the outdoors. It's not to have the coolest looking Instagram pictures with all the latest gear, right? There's gear that comes out all the time that I'd love to have. I'd love to do tree saddles, but you know, it's like, do I really need a saddle? Where am I going to use it? I hunt my own farm. I have tree stands set everywhere I want. Right. I don't need it right now. So I put that off i would love a lone wolf custom gear those stands look sweet yeah. but do i really need it now the lone wolf assaults are fine yeah right Yep. yep and
0: uh just to piggyback off what you've said there uh you mentioned uh warranties uh and so i got a uh one of the partners of the nine finger chronicles is vortex optics and i like having a company Let's say, for example, uh, Vortex Optics or uh, Exodus Trail Cameras—they had a—they had a five-year warranty on some of their uh, trail cameras. And so when you, when I go in to make a purchase, that's another thing I look at because I can be really, really hard on my optics, and I can go out and I can drag them through the dirt, and I can use them really hard, and I know that I have a warranty to lean on if there's any any damage done to them because I can just send my binoculars back in they fix it for free and then they send it back and I wish I wish all my hunting gear had that same type of a warranty on it because it would make things a lot easier uh to you know oh hole in the crotch let's go send it in you know hole in the boot let's go send it in you know broken I don't know, broken riser because I dropped my bow out of the tree stand, send it in. You know, I wish every company had uh, had that. Unfortunately, they don't. But buying uh, uh, buying a. A product with a warranty like that is I don't know, I I, I almost don't even I won't buy a product unless it has a certain products, uh, if unless it has a warranty like that. I mean it's almost industry in certain in certain categories it's almost industry standard right now
1: yeah and vortex is i would say vortex is the gold standard in customer service and warranty their warranty policy is even better than leopold's and leopold's has always been known for theirs and i'm right now i'm down the fence 50 50 half of its l's half of its v's but i've lately i'm moving more and more towards vortex just because of their customer service their value i i really do believe for the for the value the the what you get for what you spend vortex is right at the top of the pack right absolutely. um and so yeah i'd like to actually have those guys on the western rookie podcast to kind of talk through glass for anyone that's looking for some glass of like what do i need what should i what's the difference between this yeah. and that how do i know what i'm looking at um i think it'd be really cool to hear from them on that but yeah like you said it's nothing makes me mad more when it comes to gear than spending a hundred dollars to try to get away with a you know like oh, i don't really need that i'll just spend a hundred bucks and get this instead yeah and then i hunt it and i'm like oh, i'm just frustrated right it just angers me and then i end up spending the 200 anyway now i'm in it for 300 bucks instead of 200 bucks and i had you know i got frustrated in the meantime maybe it kind of wrecked a hunt or something didn't go the way i wanted it to and that you know so i just quit doing that
0: yeah are there any products that you treat as disposable and what i mean by that is something that gets you through one season and that's all you care that it does
1: double a batteries well
0: (laughs) (laughs) fact okay all right outside of that
1: um yeah that's i got enough double a batteries to put tractor weights on our tractor dude Um, dude,
0: you want to know what's awesome uh and just as much as the 50% discount from uh, I got from the quiet cat deal. So the network, the sportsman's empire network partner is interstate batteries. So yeah. every year the guy sends me like 240 or something like that, whatever it comes out to batteries, lithium double a batteries on the house. I don't have to pay for them. And so he hooks me up with, with those. And that is, that's huge. Cause I'd go through yeah. them like that with all the trail cameras that I
1: run we year. just started switching everything to solar we got eight tactic cams and all of them have solar panels now yeah. um but no i don't know if i'm i'm really struggling to come up with something i'm thinking about like consumable products like yeah. one pound propane cylinders we refill those now yeah um maybe not our msr or our, our jet boil canisters mm-hmm. we don't really refill those I don't even throw away my game bags. Like, you can, if yeah. you don't know, you can just throw your game bags in the wash on a cycle alone, and they come out just as white as they ever were. Yeah. So I save all my game bags, all my knives. I don't have any replaceable bait knives anymore. They're all, um, you know, they like the the Gerber EBS system. Like, I just sharpen the blades up and put them back on. I don't yeah. throw them away. Wood um, blot seed and fertilizer, I guess. I mean, when you – yeah. It really like i don't throw stuff away i don't get rid of stuff everything i got that i've been using i've been using for years so yeah that was the challenge what, what about you do you have anything that you kind of treat as disposable gloves gloves really gloves. out of yeah. everything uh, out like of... you're not talking like neoprene like gutting gloves
0: no 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 i'm talking about one year so here, here's here's what i've done in the past i can remember a year where i bought A really good pair of like hunting gloves okay and they ended up with a hole in them just like every other pair of gloves that I've had before me and so just throughout one year of working in those gloves and that means hanging tree stands taking tree stands down checking trail cameras you know going you know crossing fences, climbing up shale, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, crawling on your hands and knees, things like that. No matter how durable a glove says it is, it is, it does not, it does not last an entire season with me. There's always holes in them somewhere. And so at the beginning of every deer season, I go to Lowe's or a a hardware store and I buy another uh, pair of mechanics gloves. And that is my hunting glove for the entire year. And uh, I've I've gone through all the name brand hunting... Like, you name a brand of outdoor gear, hunting gear specifically, that sells gloves. I've probably had them, and I've probably uh, worn them out in a single season.
1: You see, that's funny, because I've never... I've worn out one pair of gloves. Sitka used to have this OG shooter glove that was perfect. It was kind of like a tactical glove. Yeah. And I used to wear that L hunting. I only wore them elk because yeah. you're always grabbing shit and falling. And, yep, yep. And so I wore those out after like three or four years. But other than that, I mean, I have this the lightweight Sitka ones, and they last forever. And then usually I'll upgrade to... I wear leather gloves for anything if I'm not yeah. hunting. Like, I'll just go get a pair of leather farm gloves. If you want to flip them inside out, they last longer, but they look stupid Yeah. Um. because the rough out doesn't cut as fast. Um. And then if it gets cold enough, I'll just switch to my choppers. And I think my choppers were my dad's choppers, so they're, like, 40 years old. Yeah. And so I can't remember the last time I've bought gloves. And I've got so many of those thin, sicko ones now because I get them, like, every Christmas in a stock. Oh, yeah. or something. yeah, yeah. And I've never even worn a pair out, but they work great up until like October. Because you if your hands get a little chill, you put them in your moff or your jacket. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I don't even hunt with gloves, even when it's late season. I just put them in my bibs and keep my hands warm. Yeah. So
0: and and so when I'm out west, I wear gloves when I'm walking to and from a spot. Once I get to a spot, I take my gloves off, put them in my pocket if the weather's warm, right? I, yeah. And I'm doing that because I don't want to put my hand in a cactus or or uh, you know on the rocks as I'm pulling myself up a a hillside or whatever. But then on top of that, I'm, I like you, I very rarely wear gloves in the tree stand. I will say this though. I, I usually, do you know, have you ever heard of the, uh, the, it's basically a a farm brand handy Andes. They're the yellow, the yellow and red gloves yellow
1: and red yeah they're that
0: doesn't seem to come to mind okay anyway they're like uh i wore them when i was baling hay and and things like that you know back in the day and so these handy andies they're they're soft but they're durable and and in the during the hunting seat like during the uh, uh, because because this is weird because i don't have a right index finger i put my release on my bare hand and then i put my release into the index finger on that hand and so into the empty finger pocket. And then I can wear my gloves over top of my release. And then when the moment of truth comes, right, usually my gloves are off anyway. And in like a muff at that point, Yeah. but when I'm walking to and from the stands or things like that, I'm in a pair of handy andies. And so, uh, uh, I don't even wear Like those are, those are just I don't know, those are those are more durable than any hunting glove I've ever had to purchase. They they last forever, but that's what I'm using. So
1: Yeah, that's a sweet trick because I bet you don't clang your, your release on your steps very often when it's up in your
0: glove. <laughs> well, usually I, I don't put my release on until I'm in the tree anyway. And so oh. and so that's just the secret to keeping my hands warm. Cause I don't like I do well, not it sticks out. Well, no, I don't like having my release over top of a glove. Oh no! Yeah, I just I I can't do I can't do it. I like to punch it up. Yeah, I just love the having the sensitivity of the finger directly on the trigger. And so usually, uh, when a deer does come by that I I feel like I want to shoot, I'm not thinking about the cold anyway. Right? Like it it would have to be really really cold for a long period of time with that skin exposed for me to just be like, oh no, I'm cold. It's going to ruin my shot. So, um, I don't know. That's that's my glove situation anyway.
1: Yeah, that's funny. That's the one. Yeah, but like you said, even gloves. I mean, you're talking what fifty, maybe a hundred, if you're going top of the line gloves. But the yeah. ones that you're getting at the fleet farm are not hundred dollar gloves. And so, really, when it comes to gear, it sounds like you and I are pretty much in the same boat. Like we're not replacing gear every year. No,
0: no, yeah. no. I'm definitely. I'm gonna. I feel like the only piece of gear I'm gonna have to replace this year in is going to be potentially I've had my crispies now for going on five years and they still work really great. They're not as waterproof as they were anymore. So I, I add a a new coat of waterproofing to them every single year Uh, and they do. Okay. I mean, when it's wet and damp out, they get, they get wet. They're not, I mean, the, the waterproofing isn't on them anymore, but they're, they're very comfortable. They're still, you know, they're still durable, right? I mean, they, they've lasted i've kicked the shit out of them they've lasted long but the other other than that is a release so i, I feel like i'm gonna have to get a new release this year and uh, i'll be playing around with different types of releases between now and the hunting season to see what what i like
1: yeah yeah that's a good one and then like you know broadheads maybe you know yeah. you bang up a broadhead long enough you I, I shoot fixed blade single bevels now, so I can sharpen them for a long time. But eventually, yeah. they just yeah. you got to retire them. Arrows, a lot of people may not know this, but your carbon will degrade in your arrow, right? right. You know, the, everything works fine, but you just lose that stiffness, and that might be why your groups over time are just starting to widen out a little bit. Yeah. So eventually, you got to replace those things. Having a boot cycle, me and my brother really like buying a, the next pair of boots about two thirds of the way through. And now you have a good water pair when you need it. But if it's not raining, don't wear your new pair. You keep that old pair going. That's and, a great and, idea. Yeah. And it, you're going to need two pairs of boots anyway when you go out west. Like, if you're going out west without two pairs of boots, you're setting yourself up for one heck of a game of a roulette.
0: Yeah. Yep. I've been there. Uh, actually, not this year this, or this past year, but the year before, we got caught in a rainstorm and soaked head to toe. We decided to go in and get a hotel room and uh my boots did not dry even on a on a boot dryer they did not dry and they were not ready for the next hunt and luckily i i brought an old pair of boots with me and i don't know i would have not been able to hunt that whole next day if i did not have those extra boots with me and so man that that would have that would have sucked not to be able to hunt
1: yeah yeah i mean i'll hunt with wet feet but you're gonna pay the price you're gonna get blisters i mean yeah
0: it's just uncomfortable
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this, this, and this is where I was going to go before we started talking about how to save money. And, and that is, there's a couple, man, there are some products out there from some companies that are just, and when I mean top end, they're the top end of the top end. All right. And so I, I actually, you know, I don't want to judge this, this company yet, but, I, cause I want them, I want them on the podcast to talk about what goes into the cost of this product, but expedition has come out with uh, a bow that's damn near $2,000 for a compound bow. And wow. so it is, and I think it is because of the material they use in their riser. Uh, it just costs more and, and there's some, there's some benefits to it, but what are your thoughts on products like that? Like, I mean, Do you ever see yourself buying a a $2,000 bow? And and what would that bow have to do in order for you to justify spending that?
1: Ooh, on a bow, I would really have to see the tech. Because I think everyone is kind of aware that the the technology of compound bows is really at a wall right now. Like, there's not a lot they can do anymore besides fine-tuning it. But, man, I would love to see... For that kind of money, I'm talking like I'd wanted to have like a hundred feet per second jump in speed without <laughs> sacrificing like shootability. Right. right? It's like because because you know if you read the Ed Ashby studies, like there's guys with fifty pound recurves killing water buffalo yeah. every shot. Like it's arrow construction. Like so, my bow can kill anything in North America if I put the arrow in the right spot with the right rod. Right. So do I need that? No do i want good quality gear in other aspects sure right i mean yeah there's different definitely the quiet cry once buy once policy applies to to gear like that um and then i do like i like being at the top end of of gear i might take a long time to, to get it right like i it took me five years to fill out my sitka needs right the system yeah um but, you know, now I have that incinerator set for late season hunts and i never, I've, I haven't been cold since I bought it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's some things that you talk about like fifteen, sixteen, hundred dollars 1600 for a set of clothes, a jacket and a bibs. It's kind of on par with a $2,000 bow. Yeah. Unfortunately, the rest of the bows aren't far behind them anymore either. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know. I don't know, man. I just, I, I look at some of this and I go. You'd have to be, and it almost makes me want to do this. And this is, here's a thought that I had this year. And I, if you're listening to me, uh, this, I, I would like the listeners help on this. Go to the nine finger chronicles, uh, Instagram page, send me a DM. I want to find the cheapest compound bow that's currently available that, and, and there's some stipulations here. Uh, it would be have to, it would have to have a 30 inch draw. And it would have to have seventy-pound draw weight. Outside of that, I would really love to shoot the cheapest compound bow on the market this year, this upcoming year. Maybe think I'd think about it, uh, and and just see how like what my confidence level is after shooting it a whole bunch of times compared to some of these other flagship bows and and these really popular. Uh, manufacturers of this and if it is so night and day that in fact i I, like i i I wouldn't feel confident shooting a deer with it does that make sense
1: oh yeah i mean what comes to mind is the mission craze um those mission bows like entry level they have like 18 to 30 inch draw adjustability and 15 to 70 pound weight adjustability my nephews shoot them because my brother bought them when they're growing and it's like i can buy this one bow and like people my, I had an ex girlfriend a long time ago was shooting one at forty pounds at twenty four inch draw, yeah. and she spot and stocked a hundred and fifty four inch whitetail on our farm to six yards. He was wounded, yeah, and double lunged him, passed through, complete pass through. So it's like, like what you're saying, like, I think what you're getting at is like, is the very entry level bow good enough to do what I need to do? Right, and right. probably it probably just isn't the same feel, but like with the Exped- expedition archery bow. $2,000, like, that isn't that much different than the Matthews and the Hoyt flagships. They're at 1800 for their carbon bows. Yeah.
0: Yeah, great point. Great point. Yeah. I just can't, I don't know, man. I, I have a, It's for some reason, I can't get behind a, a full carbon bow right now. I, I, I had such a bad experience with a carbon bow in the past that I di- I just did not like the way it felt. And it's been a long time, so I'm sure there's been upgrades since then. But I just can't get behind 100 percent carbon. I just can't for some reason. And uh, maybe I need to go shoot a couple of these new new bows to uh, to get the real feel.
1: I've never shot one, but I, from what I understand, the big the big seller is weight, right? Right. Well, my bow weighs 10 11 pounds anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I don't care if I save eight ounces on the bare bow because I have a a bar with weight out front and a yeah. back bar. And that's what I hunt elk with. Like I yeah. carry this 10 pound bow, my rifle, my elk hunting rifle weighs 13 and 5 pounds after I put the vortex Viper 50 power scope on it, or sorry, 50 millimeter scope on it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not cutting ounces. I'm a big dude. Like if I needed to save some weight, I could easily lose 50 pounds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Same here, dude. I got the tire around the waist. If I were, if I wanted to cut weight and I, and I tried to actually, um, you know, uh, you know, here coming up, I'll, I'll, I actually do try to lose weight going into September and say, Hey, 10 pounds off the knees, man. That's what, that's the goal. 10 pounds off the knees.
1: Yeah. Right. So that's what I, that would be way better all around to yeah. lose that 10 pounds than 10 ounces on a bow and pay another $800 for it.
0: Right. Well, and another thing is, is like on some of the places that I, that I hunt, I would rather take 10 pounds off my body and then replace that with 10 pounds of, of water. You know, so so I wouldn't have to go find water or I wouldn't have to, you know, I don't know, go, go take care of that whole thing every single day. But um, other than that, when it comes to, you know, budgeting or ways to save, uh, you know, where, where, where else is, is there anything else that we could uh, talk about?
1: Well, one thing that I do, and this is going to be personal preference, but um, I live in a big enough city, so they have BioLife Plasma donation. And so right now they're paying 140 bucks a week it's about an hour a time you know Mm -hmm. two times a week so it's doing two hours a week it's coming out to just about 70 bucks an hour to go donate plasma and if you do that for a month i mean you're talking 56 you know 560 bucks a month in extra cash and so for someone like you dan or or somebody else that just you know they got the bug hook yeah. line and sinker they want to do as much as possible get all this different stuff in every year and they're coming up to that that pain point in the relationship of like budget money we got to save that's one way where you can get some extra money on the side yeah. without very much time and all of a sudden you know you know four months you could have the expedition boat or yeah. a redneck line you do it one month you could have a new pair of boots or a new pack yeah. um,
0: and you said a hundred and how much is it 180 bucks a week
1: Right now it's one hundred and forty bucks a week. So 140 you're doing
0: forty times yeah. fifty-two. So that's that comes out to seven grand a year
1: mm-hmm. for one hour of your day, twice a week. Twice so two more. hours a week. Oh,
0: two yeah. hours. A, oh, so it's twice a week.
1: Okay, twice a week, two hours a week. You, but still seven grand a year for two hours a week. Yeah, and um, so yeah, that's one really cool way to get some gear, add some trail cameras, and and not have to hit your family budget as hard. Yeah.
0: That's a no-brainer, and you're and you're doing something good for mankind in a way.
1: In a way, I think there's a lot of. They say you're saving lives. I think it's a lot of corporate pharmaceutical dollars <laughs> getting paid off. Yeah. So one it's day, not as yeah, it's not as noble as donating blood, but you're right. still helping in a way.
0: Well, one day, what's going to happen is you're going to be walking out somewhere, and you're going to see an exact replica of yourself. They're they're using your your uh, your blood and uh, uh, plasma to clone humans. And then it just yeah. it turns into a, a science fiction novel from there.
1: Hey, I'd love to have a replica of myself. <laughs> I'd make him work all day, and then I'd go have <laughs> fun.
0: That would be sweet, wouldn't it? To own yeah. a slave of yourself—that's a yeah. whole. That's a whole another topic. Yeah. We'll they to people. cover that on, on just to, just all, how cool would it be to have another version of your like? If I had another version of me that would be like, okay, you sit up on this ridge, you stay with your eyes on this, and then I'm going to move into position to try to kill this mule deer, and you just kind of tell me what, which way he's going to go. Or, you know, you, I'll look back up at you with my binos, and you're going to give me signs. and <laughs> Cloning humans, that would be sweet in a kind yeah. of way.
1: Or hey, you're going to an build this, build this yeah. help me pack this out, you know, cook for me, I just got back to camp. Yeah.
0: Yep, that would be sweet, man. That would yeah. be sweet. Uh, well, i tell you what. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and uh, and chat today. Man, thank you very much. And, uh, man, hopefully you don't spend too much money this, this season.
1: Yeah, no, we won't because we're going to be buying or building a house later this year. My wife is... Uh finishing up her residency and so she'll be getting a full-time job and then we got some big things to tackle so yeah gonna be a it's gonna be an efficient year i'll say that (laughs) well good luck
0: with that my friend
1: thank you all right take care man Yep.